Hi, this is Jamie Court. I'm the president of Consumer Watchdog, and you're listening to the Rage for Justice Report, Consumer Watchdog's weekly podcast about what we're doing to expose, confront, and change. And this week we have with us Jerry Flanagan, the litigation director of Consumer Watchdog. Hi, Jerry. Hey, how are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Well, it was a big uh, week for you. Uh, we've uh, we've tackled uh, a big issue uh, with the Public Records Act uh, and the efforts by the Department of Insurance to um, circumvent the Public Records Act. And then apparently, uh, when we sued him uh, to try to get records under the Public Records Act, uh, Commissioner Lara and his department uh, went to actually a new auto deletion policy so that records could be deleted all across the department, including potentially records that were subject to our litigation. You wrote a letter, said, you better stop, or we're going to go to court. And remarkably, uh, less than a week later, they stopped. So congratulations. Why don't you tell us what went on? Well, thanks. Yeah, it was a really remarkable uh, week, and it shows you there's never a dull moment here at Consumer Watchdog. Uh, in the midst of this Public Records Act litigation, where we're trying to get records related to a pay-to-play scandal back in 2019, we get a tip from a concerned senior lawyer inside the department about a new email deletion program. Get this, the program was actually adopted as of January 1st, and the plan was that all email inside the coming in or going out of the department uh, would be deleted on a rolling basis after six months, unless uh, the staff took steps to archive it and do something uh, to keep it preserved. And as we pointed out in our letters, like, you know, th this these email records are not only extremely important to public records litigation, these are public records. As the attorneys pointed out, the department, these email records are critical for regulators to do their job, to make sure that they're following up on uh, insurance companies. And as a, and as we all know who use email, it's an essential record for who said what when. So it was, I guess what was really remarkable about it, Jamie, that I, I was really struck by was just the number, like the, the, the level of concern that came to us from professionals inside the department who are worried that they couldn't do their job. And of course they are flagging it saying, hey guys, by the way, you should know about this. It looks like it's aimed at your public records litigation, but also these email deletion programs have significant implication for government agencies like the Department of Insurance to do its basic job, protecting consumers. They were really concerned about uh, the idea that they had records going back maybe 10, sometimes 15 years, where insurance companies made an agreement via email to do something. And if the records were deleted, they couldn't hold the insurance companies to the agreement. So this is more than about our public records act. This is about the functioning of the regulatory arm of the government. Um, so, but but let's more narrowly go to what what it would have done to our public records act uh, litigation. W why don't you talk a little bit about um, what type of records we think uh, these potentially uh, could have allowed to be deleted that would have basically uh, been part of the case that we brought to bring these uh, public records to light. So Consumer Watchdog uh, brought a Public Records Act uh, lawsuit about a year and a half ago, seeking records, communications, meeting notes, email communications largely between the Department of Insurance and Commissioner Lara and his senior staff 
and a number of companies that were involved in a pay-to-play scandal. Essentially, these companies, you can check it out on our website if you want to read more, were giving campaign contributions in a cloaked way in the name of family members to disguise where the money was coming from while they had business pending before the department. And we did PRA requests to provide some transparency of the public's business. Well, lo and behold, through the course of the litigation, we find out that uh, the Department of Insurance, not only they did not produce certain records, they didn't even bother to look for records of people representing these companies. And this is a critical piece of sort of like why uh, the Public Records Act and transparency matters. You know, at that time, we had no idea who was representing these companies and who the department was meeting with. But of course, the department did. And we discovered that among certain folks, uh, high-level lobbyists, former legislators like Again, uh, Speaker Fabia Nunez, who we've spoken about prior in this podcast, and other folks who are communicating with the commissioner, these were not searched for at all. And our big concern was, geez, you know, with this email deletion program, since you've not even bothered to segregate out all these communications that we now now are at least possible, uh, you haven't even looked, um, you know, with this automatic deletion program, poof. And, uh, you know, that these emails communications will just disappear. And then, you know, what's really shocking is that we understand that the email deletion program was first discussed shortly after the uh, news of the uh, of the RPRA requests and um, the pay to play scandal um, hit the news. Um, so in other words, it looks like it looks like this was in response to. Uh, basically covering up records that would shed light on what happened because we still don't have light. Yeah, and just to be clear, we don't know what we don't know in terms of what other communications are out there, but the essential issue in the case is the violation of the Public Records Act is that the Department of Insurance didn't bother to look for um, communications with individuals that they knew were involved. They knew these folks were representing the companies, and they chose not to look for the communications. What better way not to produce, you know, potentially embarrassing communications than not to look for them, and then adopt a automatic deletion program that just magically wipes uh, email databases clean, so that there's no record um, of, you know, you don't of what you could have or would have found had you bothered to look. And 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 that's particularly germane because you had a key declaration come into the case uh, a couple of weeks ago that showed that Commissioner Lara knew these former legislators, Ricardo Lara and Rusty Reyes, were working for uh, Applied, the company Applied Underwriters, because they told them they told them uh, early on, and that uh, Arias even had communications with people in the department, including one of the uh, attorneys who actually conducted the Public Records Act search, and yet he didn't search for those names, even though he knew these people were representing a plot. Right. So it turns out, despite what the department has previously said, that two former uh, lawmakers turned lobbyists, uh, Fabian Nunez, who folks know is the former speaker uh, of the California Assembly and also a political mentor and friend of Commissioner Lara, and a former legislator named Rusty Arreyes uh, were both hired uh, by one of the companies in the scandal, Applied Underwriters. And despite the fact that um, department staff and a very important uh, person to the 
uh, ongoing pay-to-play scandal, the special counsel, Brian Henley, despite the fact that Brian Henley was having communications that we now know were happening because we have a declaration from these folks, uh, despite the fact that Brian Henley was having communications with Rusty Arias lobbying on behalf of Applied, and Brian Henley also was overseeing the response to Consumer Watchdog's Public Records Act request, somehow he failed to inform department staff that were doing the search to say, hey, you know, I've had some communications with this guy, Rusty Arias, and I also know former Assembly Speaker Fabian Nunez was working for Applied. You need to use these names as search terms to go try to find responsive records, because under the Public Records Act, the agency has a duty to do a reasonable search. And, you know, Mr. Henley knew that these folks were, quote, representing applied and therefore were responsive, yet the department didn't even bother to look for these records. And that's the, you know, the ultimate issue that's going to be in our case is, uh, you know, is, is our allegations and our, uh, that the, the department violated its duties in the Public Records Act by looks like intentionally not looking for records that it knew could be out there. It didn't bother to look. And this is a really important principle because, as you said, when you do a public records act request, you rely on the integrity of the people in the department to do the searching because you don't know all the people uh, and they know all the people. And when you when, when you don't know, you don't know what you don't know and they know what they know. And in this case, they didn't look for what they knew they had. And that and that comes that, that you know, this 90 uh, 180 day deletion policy is really remarkable because not only the, the nature of the insurance department, but just any government agency uh, doing it. And and this, this, you know, this wasn't the first government agency that tried to do it, was it? Well, it's interesting because we, you know, we started poking around. So the first thing you should know is that under existing statute, cities and counties have to retain records for two years. Uh, the state agencies have to work out a retention schedule with the Secretary of State. What we found out was other another agency that had been involved in a pay-to-play scandal also decided deleting email would be a great idea. So back in 2011, folks might recall, uh, it seems like 100 years ago now, doesn't it? But folks might recall that CalPERS was also embroiled in a pay-to-play scandal. And what we uncovered as we're going back now, I remember it now, but it's, <laughs> we had to kind of dust it off, is that CalPERS at that time also proposed a email deletion program. And it was also related to some PRA requests that the Los Angeles Times had put in. So uh, there was another one we found where Caltrans had an email deletion program that they got uh, uh, sanctioned uh, under a, a discovery violation. So, you know, the short, the takeaway is, when you're trying to hide something, uh, email deletion is the way to go. And I would tell you that, you know, there are some particularly for a department like Department of Insurance, which has quite large oversees uh, an extremely uh, important resource for consumers in California. It is absolutely not okay for the department to have one of these programs. And you know, uh, you know, the, the way you had to act was basically all the email would be deleted in six months unless you archived it. But it really was set up to uh, lead to inadvertent deletion or worse, 
you know, if anybody inside the agency wanted to cover their tracks about what they had or had not done in the past, all you had to do was forget to archive this stuff in, within six months. And that's why these lawyers were inside the department that contacted us were so worried uh, because, you know, inadvertent deletion, you can imagine how many emails do you have in your inbox? Under this program, you had to go through every single one of them and archive them or they're going to be deleted forever on an ongoing basis. Now, where are we now? The department says it's not doing the policy because it's unworkable, but is that a hard promise or is it, I assume we'll hear from people on the inside if they start it again? Right, so we sent a letter on Monday saying, hey, that's not gonna work for all the reasons we just talked about. And uh, by Thursday, the agency had reached out to Jeff McDonald of the Union and Tri Tribune who was working on a story and said, you know what, we decided, though we spent a bunch of time developing this and we've implemented, now we decided it's quote, not workable. Why? Well, probably because they got caught. Uh, they haven't formally responded to us yet. Obviously, you know, we're highly concerned because if an agency is willing to even propose something like this, let alone put it into place, who knows what they're willing to do, right? It seems like anything. So I would urge any folks that are listening out there that, that are, you know, inside the Department of Insurance or another agency, if you get wind of anything like this, please, please let us know. We really appreciate you know, uh, the heads up and, uh, you know, uh, we work with folks who have bring these kinds of concerns in the past. And of course, those communications are going to be anonymous. Uh, and we really, really appreciate uh, their help. And we really, really appreciate you, Jerry Flanagan, for all you're doing to protect the public records and to protect uh, consumers and protect uh, the integrity of government. So thanks for being with us today. It's my pleasure. You know, I, it's, it's it, you know, I, going back to some of these cases this weekend on the Public Records Act about how transparency is the core principle in our democracy. And I, it absolutely is the case. You know, if government entities can hide communications and potentially delete them because they don't want someone looking over their shoulder. You know, that's Trumpian. That's the end of democracy as we know it. So, you know, this is not a trivial matter. It's extremely important. And, uh, you know, I appreciate uh, being able to do the work. Thank you. You've been listening to the Rage for Justice Report. I'm Jamie Court, president of Consumer Watchdog. You can subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud or Spotify or anywhere you get your podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>